0: Miguel González on Firme, the Latinx Cultura Arte podcast. Oh yeah. So, one of the things that's been going on a lot in the arts is the discussion, and this has been going on for a long time, this is not just a new topic. down to state-funded and operated, coming all the way down to city-owned and municipal art spaces, are predominantly operated by the white community. And it's not that the white community doesn't want artists of color to come in, that's may or may not be the case in some spaces now, I can't speak for all, but it's not that they don't want artists of color to come in and be a part of it, it's just they don't stop to think about the opportunities that black, indigenous, people of color, that they don't have. And also white spaces don't consider the fact that, that these BIPOC communities, that they, um, well, they they have difficulty being able to share their culture and their heritage, because in many ways it, it's not accepted, yeah, it's not accepted, it's not considered, and there are those white spaces that do ask the question, um, why? And they may not be asking why. Because, again, a, an intentional racist reaction, that's, that's not the intention at all in many cases. But the thing is, it's, it's not knowing. They, they can't know what they don't know. And that's where the conversation should be had at that level. It, it truly has to come from that, that basic awareness level of being BIPOC, in a non-BIPOC community. Being here in the Pacific Northwest, I've already shared with you what it's like. You know, as, as a brown person, I, I do get looks from time to time just, just being at a store you know and it's since the whole floyd situation came about and the protests and the marches and all of that i can honestly say If I were to go to the store, what happens is people, they say, excuse me, they simply just wait, and then I realize that I'm in their way, and I'll turn to them, and I'll say, oh, I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize was in your way, I'm sorry, and I'll move out of the way, and they're like, no worries, it's fine, you know, thank you, and all of a sudden, they're friendly, so I have seen that, and it is interesting, it's kind of creepy. Used to that appear. But there are there are changes that are happening. And I don't know if it's all in regards to this whole Black Lives Matter thing that's going on right now. I mean, and you know, all this has mattered for the longest time. It's all been going on for the longest time. This is not anything. Situation here in, in Eastern Washington, where there was a a brown state employee and a white state employee not associated with the arts, not at all, nowhere near, but they both, you know, worked for a state agency and they both saw the inequity how this agency was discriminating against uh, business owners of color. They saw how other persons in their agency and their department, their very specific and very, very targeted department, they were essentially hunting down, looking for businesses of color and, you know, hassling them, threatening to close their business, they were writing them Done in a more professional, more effective manner, but, but no, it's all these little things that, that added up financially for these, these businesses of color, these business owners, and not just that they were being profiled and, and targeted in this manner, but also the way they were treated. Insulting. You know, I mean, in, in my mind, when I hear this, it's like, well, you could call anybody, regardless of their gender, regardless of their ethnicity, you could just call them a business owner. Well, I talked to the manager, or when I, I came into the business, I, I talked to an employee, but ended up uh, talking to the owner. Yeah, that's what could be said. But instead, what was said was far more hurtful. You know, borderline using that word that you shouldn't use amongst the black community. I mean, it's borderline saying that. But coming in and saying saying words of that degree, I mean, what do you expect? Of course, that person's gonna get upset. They're gonna get angry. They've just been insulted what do you expect? They'd get angry. And then the people that were targeting them and and racially profiling them, well, now that they made them upset, they stood back and they would smile and kind of like, yeah, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is the behavior I'm talking about. Yeah, mm -hmm." you know. I'm like, well, you just called the person and you just insulted them. How do you expect them to act? Do you want them to be cordial with you after you said something so disrespectful about them or their heritage, their family, I mean, really, it was pretty, pretty bad, and in in this situation that the state was in, you know, this, this brown and this white employee that worked in that same state agency, they thought, you know, this is, this is wrong, this is blatantly wrong not how anyone should do business this is not how especially a state agency should be represented this is wrong on so many levels that they they did what i feel would have been the right thing and that's where they they you know were like well we're going to go and you know file a Of course they didn't learn this till, till far later But the people they reported it to Were also in on the same to happen and it's it's just horrible that that the situation happened in the first place I mean really it's just horrible but the fact is he experienced this and now I mean he is still a you know a conservative person to a degree He's saying things like that and I'm like, whoa. I'm like, wow, this white person and this brown person. You know, they started off at very different ideas. And now after him receiving that same treatment as, as a brown and black person and that discrimination, you know, he he has people that say i don't see color they they feel that if they don't see color that we'll all be equal but that's that's a great problem because when you don't see color you also don't acknowledge any hardship you don't acknowledge cultural and heritage differences you don't acknowledge that everybody deserves a voice, all that it does is kindly, politely ignores. And that's, that's what happens there. And that's unfortunately what has happened in a lot of um, predominantly white areas of this country. And it happens in the arts. There are gallery owners, there are museums, they are curators, they're arts administrators, that they don't realize that they're feeding that problem. They need to have an aha moment like that. That state employee I talked about. They not not I'm not saying they need to be discriminated against. And I'm not saying that they need to, you know, be fired and lose their job because no i'm not saying that i'm just saying they need to have an aha moment however it may come to them they need that and that that's been my mission is to help bring that aha moment through conversation through through this open dialogue and starting the conversation of saying you know some of the things i'm going to say are going to make you uncomfortable going to like some of the wording I'm going to use but you know what that's precisely what a person of color experiences when they come into your space anytime they come in to enjoy the work that you have on the walls, to learn to educate their children about art and culture and the society they live in yeah that—that that is the awkwardness of, of being a person of color and a white space and you know it's it's taking that person that white person and explaining to them and sharing with them and educating them and of course too it takes it takes that white person to have an open mind you know they have to be willing to listen it's not just walking up to somebody and saying, Hey, let me tell you my story and they're like, Whoa, hey, fool, get back. I don't know you (laughs) You know? Do you mind? (laughs) You're kinda in my space. We're in we're in the mounds and you're just walking up to me and I'm doing my thing and it's like, Yeah, you know, it just could be awkward, very awkward, but but ultimately, yeah, it's it's setting up the right conversation and, and that's one of the things that will I feel change the inequities in the arts. And their organization, like Arts Administrator of Color Network, I sit on the board of this amazing organization that has only been around for a few years, about three years, and they are already nationwide. Um, they were just recently mentioned by Rolling Stone Magazine as being, uh, being influential for artists of color and supporting them through this whole COVID-19 shutdown that we had. And that—that that was a nice little write-up, little something, little blurb of, of info, and it was—it was really exciting to be a part of that. And—and and yeah, there are a lot of things that—that that needs to change, you know. It needs to change, and it will, it can, but it's how—it's a matter of how we go through that process. That I say out to the the brown, and black, Asian, Pacific Islander. I say to those people, my brothers, my sisters, my family, I say to you, you know, that you, you have to take on more role of an ambassador. You have to take on more of a role of a liaison. And yeah, it, y- we get angry. Yes, we pump that fist. We demand. But when you demand, you get nothing but pushback. And that's all that that will ever be. When you put the fist down. You open the hand and extend it. And you are actually lifting yourself up to. And and being. Truly being a community at this point. With that white community. That they're going to be more apt. To extend their hand. Back towards you. And connect with you in a way that that now their ears are going to be open and they're going to hear you can calmly state what you have to say and that's going to make a far greater impact in your community you know, it, it, creating the awareness of, of building signs and going out and foot stomping and shouting and chanting and it's just verbally, vocally, it's just shoving that's all that it is And I don't know how many times you've been in an environment, but if you start shoving somebody, what do you think is going to happen? If you're shoving them verbally, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, think about that. Consider that. But if you walk into a space and you're willing to talk with somebody and explain to them and they're willing to listen to you, that is a golden opportunity to share the inequities that we have in the art world, that that conversation knows, ooh, that needs to happen, man. And through Arts Administrator of Color, one of the things that I do is, is I have a Latinx uh, affinity space, and it's open specifically and, and just for people that identify as Latinx. And some people might think, oh, well, that's racist because you're cutting everybody else out. No, it's not. It's our safe space, our community for us to come together. Out of the bigger world, we can come together. We can discuss what we need to. And discuss how do we go back into those white spaces and communicate what's working, what's not working. How can we better stabilize what's happening in this country? Is that sometimes you have to pull back, you have to retreat and and come into your own space into your own mind and 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 reconnect with why you're doing this, and that's what we do as 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 gente we come back and we talk about what's going on, and then we go back out into our neighborhood recharge, refresh, ready to make some positive change, yeah. And the same goes with black, indigenous, LGBTQ, um, disability, Asian Pacific Islander. It goes with all of them. There are affinity spaces hosted for, for all of these, these, these closed spaces to go and to have a retreat, essentially. And, and collect your thoughts, collect your emotions, say what you need to say. And then you can move forward in trying to, to go back out into the world and make that positive change. And you know, it's when you have so many cultures all in one space and they're all communicating, they all have a different perspective and a different experience of what they've what they know to be their reality, that it can get confusing, it can get convoluted and and discussion can go so many different directions that it loses the real content of what it is that needs to be expressed. So, that's that's where I say to you that it's okay to go back and have a, a cultural recharge. It's needed for everybody, for anybody. And um, once you recharge, and you're back at full capacity, you know, get back out there. That's what you need to do. So, that's where I, I share today. Tomorrow will be another day. It's gonna be an awesome day. And, uh, yeah, so we'll come back again and we'll keep on our conversation. And I have a couple of guests coming in in the next few days that we're going to do something interesting. It's going to be a nice talk. You're going to, I think you're going to enjoy it. I know I'm going to enjoy it because they're just super fun. (laughs) But, uh, but anyway, yeah, this get that recharge. Find your space, recharge, go back into the world, make positive change, repeat. That's what you got to do. So, we will be talking again. Bueno.